KUCI. KUCI. 88.9. 88.9. FM. And FM. In Irvine. In Irvine. If I... Oh. Hello, hello. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not those of the UC Regents. This is DJ Broca welcoming you to Pills, easy to swallow stories from the world of medicine. You can now follow Pills on Twitter to see which guests are coming up, see what music we've been playing in the background, and supplements from the episode and other goodies. Just search DJ B-R-O-C-A to subscribe and keep up with the episodes. Well, every medical student goes through a rite of passage in their first year. They replace their new white coats for lab coats and gloves and head down to the anatomy lab to learn every muscle artery, and lymphatic drainage that exists in the body. Along the way, a knowledgeable anatomy professor shepherds them along, someone to stand over the shoulder and say, no, that's not the ureter, that's the sciatic nerve. Today I'm excited to have the shepherd of UC Irvine School of Medicine's uh, anatomy department right here, uh, Dr. Wickenheiser. Welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. Well, it's, uh, it's great to see you. Um, have you been in the KUCI studios before this? Uh, no, this would be the first time. That's, that's great. Um, I'm usually hiding in the lab, so... I see. They don't let me off often. Uh, uh, hello, hello. Uh, so, I think now the mic is working. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm here. There we go, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Cool. So this is your first time at KUCI, you said? This would be the first time, and first time they've let me out of the labs for a while. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so you spend most of your days down there, I hear. How long have you been in Irvine? Uh, let's see. I've been down here at UCI since uh, 2011. So, 2011. But trained in medical students for uh, 18 years now. I see. Uh, and which uh, years do you teach? 
Uh, first years primarily, but I also run the surgical anatomy elective for uh, fourth years. Fourth so years. I, you know, if I'm not teaching medical gross, I'm teaching surgery. So. I see. So you get both ends of the spectrum. Both ends. So I see. I have a blast with both of them. Do you recognize the students that you had first year in their fourth year? Uh, I recognize them, but uh, as a student, so I'm terrible with names. Oh, okay. So I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm probably better at saying, well, yeah, you're probably going to graduate in 2019 or you're a 2017 graduate or something like that. But I yeah, see. I'm terrible with names. <laughs> I see. I see. Do you ever have to fluff it? Like, you know, if somebody uh, um, really dude, thinks they should uh, remember. Refer to them like a dude, ma'am, right. sir. Yeah. Hey, good to see you again. You know, yeah. Just yeah. kind of yeah, brush over it. It works out. <laughs> but they know. They know they're good. Right. Right. <laughs> Very nice. So uh, tell me, um, what led you to here? I mean, start from the very beginning. Um, uh, let's see. I mean, you know, like a lot of the medical students, there was you know some type of biology background that kind of worked my way into the medical field. Um, you know, I, I was dead set on just being a surgeon. Okay. And, uh, you know, well on that way. And then uh, I started teaching on the side. And uh, it seemed like every year I was trying to get away from teaching. And mm-hmm. you know, quite frankly, the what I do, there's not too many people that do it, mm-hmm. uh, or they're just not being trained as much as yeah. I'm. Really, it's been like 20 years since there's been any new programs to help train people, from a clinical standpoint and anatomical sciences on top of it. Right. Um, so again, it just it kind of became something that was, um, you know, it's always been fun to me, but I never thought I was going to be just you know for the most part training students. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was going to be a surgeon. I was thinking orthopedics, maybe even uh, ear, nose, and throat type surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somehow I ended up in pediatric cardiology. So uh, it, Life is crazy. I, I like a lot of different things. <laughs> right, right. I see. When did you start um, seriously entertaining the idea that you want to teach? I mean... Oh, gosh. I'd say probably around 2000, 2001. Um, I had already started teaching uh, medical students from 1997. I've been doing it since, but uh, at that point, I, again, it was just really you know, something on the side that I like doing. Um, always loved working with the uh, students themselves, but yeah, um, yeah, I just I didn't think it was going to be my, uh, pretty career. much my career. Right, right. <laughs> so I yeah, see, but it's been a blast. Cool. What do you like about students? Um, what kind of students are you know uh, really excite you to come into work every day? You know, I, I, you know, I see the excitement in them. They, I mean, they know at the end of the day, it's, it's a long haul. I mean, it's four years of training. Um, but I always tell them or remind them, it goes by pretty fast. I mean, we keep the students busy for four years. Oh, absolutely. And uh, there's very little downtime. Um, I mean, it's, it's really a full-time job. And, um, you know, I, I really like to see them when they, I'm their fourth years mm-hmm. and kind of ask them how things have changed. And, you know, I came into medical school thinking I was going to do this and, you know, it's completely different. Right. So I always tell them, keep, a, keep an open mind because you think you want to do this, but I guarantee you're probably going to change. It's like changing your major. Right. Um, yeah, I want to be an architect. Well, now I'm in medical school. Yeah, not exactly what I was thinking. But, right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, you know, just to see how they're fostering their education and uh, just see how it goes. So, yeah. Have you gotten kind of good at 
kind of predicting where people will end up or is it still mystery uh, I'd say the ones that usually tell me from day one I want to be a surgeon I need to know all the details yeah. um, they don't go into surgery they don't <laughs> no, a lot oh, of them change that's um, a surprise so it, it's surprising to see who comes back right. as a fourth year right and uh, I'll talk to a lot of students second third years um, that drop by from time to time and they'll say yeah you know I, I want to do primary care or want to be uh, work in the ED or emergency department and I rotated through surgery I love it and mm. never would have thought I would have done it and now they're you know they're going surgery so and vice versa it goes back and Both forth ways, so yeah. like I, said, I tell them on day one just keep an open mind of what we're doing and yeah. there's so many different things in medicine that you can do just don't be dead set on something so right enjoy it all yeah so. yeah and I guess this kind of factors into teaching anatomy which is so full of details and would be very useful for a surgeon but teaching it to the whole medical class right because everybody can kind of derive yeah i mean there, there's the big push and we've been doing this for years now is a lot more radiology um mm-hmm. and not just focusing on as if everyone's going to be a surgeon mm-hmm. um you know i could have the students read a textbook but every couple of years you know things change i mean right. medical technology alone changes i mean it's almost full circle like every 10 years so the, the books are already outdated by the time you start reading them. Oh, and uh, so that's, uh, you know, we just, like I said, we push people to be open-minded, um, mm-hmm. kind of go from there. Yeah. So in, in what way do you think um, medical science is changing, especially in the area of, you know, where anatomy is concerned? Um, not so much of the invasive procedures, um, mm-hmm. non-invasive. So a lot of laparoscopic uh, type procedures, um, so we're, we're really training students to be able to work with tools, you know, if, with a scissor technique or things like that. Uh, yeah, scissor technique is, <laughs> you know, that's more surgical. Uh, so I do tend to push that a little bit because I am as about pro-surgery as they come. And I the see. students remind me on a daily basis. But, you know, <laughs> hey, I like what I like. Uh, but no, like, um, you know, a general surgeon now, it's not about making this big incision. And, I mean, you could tell, you know, years later, oh, yeah, you had a major surgery. Hmm. Minimally invasive surgery now is just, um, it's key. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, we're really expanding that uh, frontier, but it's a whole different way of learning things because a lot of times you're viewing things on a screen right. while you're pointing the opposite way. Right. So you need to learn a whole new set of skills and not just, oh, I have to memorize all the anatomy, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to see how quickly, I mean, just in almost 20 years that I've been doing it, how... Right things have changed what I think is drastically <laughs> yeah why is this uh, preferred I guess nowadays because it just damages the body less uh, if you don't uh, go yeah in. I, no one likes the scars and if there's any way of making it easier on the patient um, and just really recovery time so you know if instead of being in the hospital for you know six seven days if it was a major major procedure you know, the, the people got the skills now. I mean, it's just minimally invasive surgery. I mean, it's, it's a way of doing it. and Save time, save... In and out. I mean, yeah. it just, um, yeah, again, at the end of the day, it's about the patient. Mm-hmm. And if you can cut days and days off of their total stay, that's what we should be trying to shoot for. So, mm-hmm. and, and it has come to that. So, mm-hmm. what are, um, are you aware of, like, what are the limits for this kind of surgery? Or are we, like, constantly... Coming across uh, a surgery we thought we couldn't do minimally invasively, and now we people are always trying new things. Um, you, you, you look at the old approach of doing something, and the first thing they try to do is, oh, can we do this minimally invasive now? Mm. And 
a lot of times we're, we're able to figure it out. Now, there's some pre uh, procedures that, you know, it probably isn't going to work or until we have a little more technology uh, to make that thing work. Um, you know, but still, I mean, the way people approach the surgery, for instance, it's just not make this big incision, mm -hmm. it, they're, they're, you know, kind of a different, slightly you can different see new approach to yeah. it. So everyone's trying to refine things. So. I see. I wonder, um, it's interesting you said people have to do this while looking at screens and um, just the generations that have come since have played a lot of video games and kind of things where you have a controller that controls like something happening virtually. The millennials screen. will do very good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are we, are we going to It's not quite a... PlayStation or Xbox, but um, you know, at the end of the day, oh, you guys are really good with those thumbs. <laughs> right, right. I and mean, that's a lot of laparoscopic procedures. I mean, that's literally how you're playing around with these uh, tools here. Yeah. I, so. I think you could, I mean, I don't know if you're planning to expand your educational programs, but I think you could start very early and uh, get them while they're young. On uh, these yeah. Games. I mean, one of the things I've always tried to push is get the first years more involved or have them experience uh, things that uh, a lot of schools, a lot of people don't even believe the first year should have access to right away. Mm. Um, and it, it's it's kind of like, well, they think you need more experience to see things before you really get it. Mm. Uh, one of the things we have been instituting over the last few years is um, these clinical procedure labs within the main course itself. Mm. Uh, it used to initially be an elective where it was a lot of competition to get in. We could only really take about 25 of the 100 so students we have. Mm. Uh, but now it's all integrated into the new curriculum along with the course itself. So um, whether you want to be an anesthesiologist or not, you got to practice how to do a uh, spinal tap um, or an epidural. Um, and um, again, instead of just having a few students do it, doesn't matter. Everyone gets to try something like that. And it's just uh, kind of bridge the material Okay, this is your textbook type information versus this is practicality. So it's, um, yeah, I think the students love it. And uh, again, it just kind of opens our minds to different things. They wouldn't have even known something about a particular specialty or something like that, but just try it. I mean, get your hands dirty. That's At the end of the day, that's what I want you guys to do, or the students in general. So, Right, right. And I, I hear from the students that I did not have this the first couple of years I was here and I was trying to build it into the curriculum because I came down from uh, UCLA originally. And um, they're like, oh, that's not fair. Why do the students <laughs> get to do this now? And it's like, well, you know, they, you know, we, it took a couple of years to get it finally going and uh, it fits perfect with the new curriculum. So uh, it works out. they enjoy it. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, they wish they could go through it again, right. which uh, most students are glad when it's, all said and done because it, it really is a long haul. The, the course itself yeah. is pretty long, but uh, there's a lot to the body. <laughs> so of you can't course. do it in a couple of weeks. How many muscles so. are there? Uh, well, it depends on uh, the source. And if you're taking into effect that uh, a lot of muscles are doubled, uh, mm -hmm. it's over 400. Uh, 400 total, but uh, again, a lot of those are doubles, so that it can be higher than that. So. And in your class, how many do uh, your students learn? Oh, the vast majority. Um, but a lot of them are redundant. So, you know, right. if I'm talking about like the deep back muscles, I mean, there's a lot of the exact same muscles at every single vertebral level. They don't actually have to look at every single one. I see. So, yeah, you it, cut it gets them a little bit there. of slack. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, we don't <laughs> have to do every class. single detail, but, uh, you know, there's plenty of details that they go over. I so. see. Do you have a particular favorite anatomical area or part? Oh, uh, actually, head and neck. Uh, which doesn't make sense because, again, my, my trans primarily in pediatric cardiology, but head and neck just, I think that's the coolest area. What about uh, it? 
Well, I had to neck a neural together because I've also taught neural. Um, I just think the nervous system and everything about it is just cool. I mean, if you stub your toe and understanding how that actually gets to the brain, I just, I think the, the pathways, the neural pathways in general, I think are just pretty cool. Yeah. So, so we we're talking about uh, cranial nerves and how they come out and, you know, innervate different areas. Oh, yeah, there's uh, cranial nerves. There's no joke about that. I mean, there's a lot of details. Uh, a lot of them have many branches, and uh, the way they course uh, different holes through the skull that they pass through, it's, uh, it's pretty cool stuff. I, the, yeah. the, students, oh, I, the more details, the better I like it. Uh, <laughs> it tends to be an area that's generally harder to work with right. uh, or uh, partake in the dissection, but uh, the, the, I, like I said, more details, yeah. the more fun I have. Yeah, and I don't know if they really like it, but uh, you know, it works out. <laughs> right, right. Well, they learn it one way or the other. They do. Yeah, yeah. I force them to do it. Yeah. So, so if you uh, went back and did clinical stuff, do you think ENT would be up there? Uh, uh, oh yeah, I always had an interest in it. Or um, ENT, or um, you know, neuro or neurosurgery. Or uh, neurosurgery, like uh, ear, nose, and throat, or slash ENT. Um, oh, definitely, definitely. I, yeah. I I kept my mind open to other areas. Um, initially, it was orthopedic surgery. I, mm. I had a one in the family. Oh, okay. Um, so you know, he kind of showed me the way and. You know, I still get grief about it from time to time when, you know, over Christmas break or something, if I run into him every now and then, uh, that he was like working so hard to train me. And then uh, I changed ship and went into something totally different. Uh, you were like going to be his like uh, uh, I was know, a protege, apparently. Protege, yeah. And uh, yeah, I kind of switched things on him. So, um, but uh, to me, it's sometimes orthopedic surgery is kind of like going in and getting an oil change. I mean, they're uh -huh. so good at, uh, you know, replacing a joint. Right. Uh, I got to a point where I was like, gosh, this is kind of boring. Uh, <laughs> you know, I need something to spice up my life a little bit. I, right. So maybe I, I got a little too much or saw too much too early. Okay. So. I see. But uh, well, I like it. the tools are so different, right? I mean, you wa walk into an orthopedic surgery operating room. You know, it, you can go in there and you can have a total knee, total hip down in about an hour. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just kind of going in there. You size up the uh, new component you plan on putting into the individual. And, you know, a few days uh, after the hospital stay, these people feel like a million bucks. Yeah. Um, so, but, and a lot of individuals have been. You know, they've been living with this pain for years. Right. And so it's they, an incredible. They never think, oh, life. gosh, you know, I don't want to go in for surgery and this and that. But like I said, they, they feel great. Um, right. You know, a little rehab after that and strengthen up the joint and there you everything's go. good. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, what medicine can do. I mean, the limits that and getting pushed every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh I mean, I, I've always told uh, the individuals that come in, and because I, I participate in admissions as well, and uh, you know, before they take off after an hour interview, uh, with a lot of a lot of questions uh, to ask them, but um, you know, I always tell them that there's nothing cooler than medicine. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't care what field of medicine you go into. Um, I just I, in general, taking or just helping people out, the things that we're able to do, because at the end of the day, it is about the patient. Um, I think it's just there's nothing cooler than medicine in general so and so i have no problem helping out with the training nice <laughs> so do you what are you um working on now do you have some uh upcoming projects that you've uh, got going or some aspirations coming up in the uh, next few years let's see i got a textbook that should be coming out soon um i'm trying to go with a particular title that they won't 
go with. I'm, I'm kind of using my nickname, and uh, the salespeople said, well, who the heck is that? And I said, well, that, that's what the students call me. You're like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Uh, so it might, it's... Uh, can, can you tell us what that title would be? Uh, well, I was going for Dr. Wiki's Clinical Anatomy. And uh, they're like, yeah, we don't know who Dr. Wiki is. And I, I said, well, like that's that me. I that would sell, though. I, hey, some people might think it's Wikipedia or something, uh, but I, the students know this, Dr. too. Wiki. I don't like Wikipedia. <laughs> I was, it's, you know, there's, there's quite a few errors when it comes to the anatomical stuff, which is uh, amazing to me. <laughs> I so I, I don't want to be... Trust Dr. Wiki, not yeah, yeah, Wikipedia. Yeah, just uh, don't okay. go to Wikipedia. Thing. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, you know, just continue to expand the course itself. Mm-hmm. More and more clinical procedures that the students get to try early on. That's a big push. Um, yeah, textbook. Um, although people don't really read books anymore, you know. Mm. It's uh, hopefully I'll bring it back. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, especially when books are like eight, well, nine hundred pages, yeah, they tend to shy away from stuff like that. Right. Uh, but but uh, everything's cyclical. It might come back. I, yeah. Hey, people start reading regular books again. That that'd right. be awesome. Right. Uh, nothing on an iPad. You know, I, I can't read PDFs for more than two minutes. I just have to like turn away. Uh, so uh, you know. Uh, who knows? Okay. Yeah. So staying busy. So always expanding things and uh, doing whatever we can to uh, help with the training. Very so. cool. You mentioned you're involved with admissions. Um, I'm sure there's many people at UCI who are um, looking to go into medical school or whatnot. Do you have any uh, advice for them? Well, of course, it's you know grades, MCAT scores. That's always something that you know, it, it's got to be there. Um, I just I've never been a firm believer that it's all about grades. Um, I I remember taking the MCAT. I don't remember anything about it, nor do I think it had any correlation with what I did in uh, you know in school. And uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean you have to have the scores. That's natural. But um, you know, some type of experience outside uh, volunteering is always good. Um, I always mm-hmm. try pushing people to get like uh, whether it's a scribe position, maybe a rehab aid type position. Um, mm-hmm. Um, you know, personal care attendant type stuff to like get that. that experience as yeah, well. I, I mean, I, I mean, on the application, I want to see people who actually were involved with patient care. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, there's limitations to that. Um, you know, to have to have a license for this and that. Uh, but there's plenty of things out there that people can do, which you know, a lot of these positions do pay. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's another vetting process because I'm sure there's multiple people that tried applying for the same position, and if you got it. I know you're vetted from that standpoint. You're That's there for point. maybe a year or so, put in your time, and there's plenty of time to do outside stuff. It right. can't just be about you know memorizing everything out of a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter what subject it is. They have high grades. You got to prove to us that you went over yes, and beyond. You really want to work with patients. Right. So, I mean, if your volunteer experience has nothing to do with patients or, right. uh, you know. It, it might yeah, be the wrong. Yeah, I don't know if medicine's area. really for you. Right. Uh, but uh, it, it's, you know, I think some people kind of get lost with this. You know, at the end of the day, I have an MD after my name. Um, it shouldn't be about that. It, I mean, you're going to be taking care of sick individuals and they need help and anything you can do. So, you know. If you're looking for the glory, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it's exactly the field uh, for that. So. Right. <clears throat> um, and uh, finally, I guess uh, you mentioned that, you know, you never know what kind of track your um, path through medical school takes. But uh, what do you hope your students kind of take from your class, apart from knowing the circulatory system to great detail? Um, 
you know, I, I I hope at the end of the day they're able to the put the body together um, and understand that it is con- all connected. And, um, you know, not that every single detail is going to be super, super important because, again, they're going to end up most likely specializing in something where three quarters, maybe 80% of what we went over wasn't wasted. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, did you need to know all the details? No. Um, but I have to approach the course, you know, just for the first years at least, that you know you have to have an open mind to whatever region of the body we're now discussing because you don't know if you want to be an ob gyne but if you decide to sleep through all the pelvis uh information that we went through Mm -hmm. you basically have to now learn it on your own instead of having at least that base so keep an open mind to whatever area we're working in and um you know again at the end of the day hopefully they're able to kind of put the body together and uh yeah. Still have fun with it. I mean, it's like I said, at the end of the day, it's pretty cool stuff. So, Great. I'd like to say my class is the best, uh, <laughs> or anatomy is the most important. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I get a lot of grief uh, from faculty and students alike. Uh, they think I'm way too tough. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, I always say it's the information. Uh, I actually mm-hmm. try to make things as easy on them as possible, but it's just, I mean, you're, again, you're it. dealing with the whole body. Right. And, you know, we should probably spend more time on it. Mm-hmm. Although most students would say we spent way too much time with me already. <laughs> so maybe they're just burned out on me. Uh, but <laughs> you never know. <laughs> right. Well, then they have the three years to kind of get a break and then they come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like I said, when I see them as fourth years, it's just to see what how things have progressed with them right. and what they think uh, about their training. And um, I actually hear quite a bit from third and fourth years um, mm-hmm. saying that, oh, thanks for going over this information. The, uh, uh, the electives and whatnot, they really hammered home these particular issues. And um, we went over this. Um, right. And, uh, you know, even when I was training at other institutions with the, the students, um, you know, there's stuff that I used to, strictly only teach